Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That scripture is coming from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of my podcast, Girls on Another Level. So can you guys guess from the clip that I'm about to play what profession we're going to be talking about today? We begin this noon highlighting a major event taking place in mid-Michigan. It's attracting thousands of people. We're talking about the Dow Corning Presents Tall Ship Celebration happening today in Bay City. All right, thank you to the both of you. Let's move over now to Winona Park where TV5's Faith Gantner is there to talk about other big events happening today. This episode, I'm going to be talking with Miss Aisha Howard, news anchor at 11 Alive. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. I'm really excited about this episode because like we just talked about, I am a mass media student. Journalism and broadcast is something that I'm interested in. So I hope not just for the viewers, but for me as well, that I learned a lot of information through this podcast. So if you're interested in being a news anchor, then you guys should stay tuned. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am a news anchor with 11 Alive here in Atlanta. I've been with the station now for six years, but I've been in the business for 13 years. I graduated from Michigan State University in 2007, and I actually started in Atlanta as an assignment editor, which is a position where you gather news stories, listen to police scanners, and sort of the assignment desk is essentially the heartbeat of the newsroom. That's where most of the stories outside of what the reporters and producers are pitching, that's where the stories come from. So that was one experience that, you know, truly helped me in the business to see it from a full scope because I didn't Mm -hmm. have that view during my internship. And I had also never left Michigan. I'm from Flint, Michigan, and then went to Michigan State. And so learning that skill set in a big city, a fast-paced city like Atlanta sort of showed me what would be required of me when I became an on-air talent. So being an assignment editor, it was a program um, called a news trainee program. And that's sort of how I started in the business. And now, almost 13 years later, I'm back as an anchor. Nice. So is that what inspired you um, looking into those different programs that they offer in Flint? That's what inspired you to be a news anchor? No, I wanted to be a news anchor ever since second grade. I was one of those weird people that sort of like knew from the jump exactly what I wanted to do and I started doing the announcements the school announcements in the mm-hmm. morning I don't know if you remember that back in the day definitely the announcements <laughs> over the PA system and I started that in second grade and also leading the pledge of allegiance and I always wanted to read out loud I just always wanted to be called on for any sort of public speaking role mm-hmm. and then my grandparents my grandmothers watched the news all day and I'm like okay so at a young age I discovered that these two things went together Mm -hmm. and so when I went to college I decided to pursue journalism with a focus on broadcast so at Michigan State we had a couple of different tracks that you could take you could do print you could do radio or you could do broadcast and so I chose broadcast and here we are so I have a question I know you said that they have different track programs so for some schools that may not have that option for people how is it Um, trying to narrow down exactly what you want to do in journalism because I know it's so broad and there's so many aspects to media so how is it for someone who would want to narrow down their options? I will say that's sort of the trick though 
where you have to first choose the right school and the right program. Gotcha. And I think that's really a challenge for people because every program doesn't give you the option. So I loved the experience of being able to edit for radio, which was totally different when we had to edit for broadcast television. Mm -hmm. And then I love the writing pieces. And so I think that's really where you start is looking into the programs before you even pick a college or university to see, all right, I'm not sure, but would I even get the opportunity to figure it out here? Right. You know, so can I navigate a couple of different paths, freshman year, sophomore year, even junior year, and then lock in on one to see what I really liked. Yeah. And I think that was the cool part about it was I pretty much knew that it was going to be broadcast. But still, if I was unsure, I had the option to sort of explore some different avenues to say, I could have fell in love with radio, you know? But if you don't have the options, you won't know. Um, And if you do happen to pick a program that's a little bit more broad, you should go into it sort of knowing what you want to do and sort of try to tailor your experience around that. And I think that's where I messed up because, you know, I'm going to my senior year of college and our mass media program is so broad and a lot of the things that I wanted to do, we don't have that option. So I explored things, but I never explored the actual thing that I wanted to do. So like I told you before, you know, with that experience and being a news anchor, I haven't really had that much of it. So for viewers that are listening, I want to ask you, how is it getting that experience going out to get internships? Like, what is that process like? So now it's so different than it was in 2007 when I graduated because internships pay now. Mm -hmm. And so they are so competitive. They were competitive back then, but now it's crazy. And especially in states that have a lot of good universities around and a big city like Atlanta. Georgia is. Georgia, (laughs) you guys are like clawing for these internships. And so, um, and I've talked to a lot of students when I first got here, I spoke to a group of college students that invited me um, to talk to them and they were just really clawing for these internships and it's not being discouraged when you don't get one Mm -hmm. but it's also starting earlier if you can if your university allows you to start earlier with looking for them because the pool is just huge now and so I sort of do feel for you guys because in Michigan I was like I didn't have this much competition Um, and you guys are going for a little you know going for a few coins with getting paid now so (laughs) that's an interesting aspect too but just making sure that you stand out. And I asked this year, when they picked our summer interns here, mm-hmm. a lot of the people that they picked already had some form of experience, either at the university level mm-hmm. or stuff that they did on their own, like a podcast right. or like a YouTube channel where they got to display their editing or just uploading things on their own where they had something to show, like a real applicant. So you would say that's the best way to probably stand out in this big pool? Yeah, having something to show, showing that you are already a step ahead of the rest when it comes to doing the job that they that you're applying for for the internship. So um, even your writing, have some writing samples to present. Um, if you want to be in broadcast, you know, how's your broadcast writing style? Um, and then... I can say that there are some universities that just stand out automatically based on name alone. Right. 
and that's so that'll help you a long yeah, way. Yeah, you know, it it will take you a long way. And again, going back to picking the right school, um, that's huge. And so, I think it's also the aggressive follow up. You don't just apply and disappear. Right. You see who is the internship coordinator. For example, if it's not listed, if it's like a generic human resources email listed, mm-hmm. call the station and ask who the internship coordinator is and do they have, they're not only your phone number, but do you have an email available for the internship coordinator? Or, you know, and follow up with them via email. Let them know that you applied and even attach whatever the documents was that you put in your application, reattach those to the email so they have it. Right. So, that, so now you guys are on email basis versus in this big HR email database where everyone's everyone stuff it. went to. Yeah. So it's just, you know, approaching the follow-up in a different way in a following up period. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you're so great that someone's just going to call you. Right. You know, you got to go and get it sometimes. I have to be that go-getter yeah. and just get out of the comfort zone. So what qualities would you say stands out to make a good news anchor? Definitely a go-getter. And also what makes a good news anchor is being a good reporter. Gotcha. Those are two totally different things. So could you go in a little bit on the differences between those two? Yeah. So we know our traditional news anchor roles are going to be behind the desk and in the studio and the ones who are reading and presenting from the studio. And who that's the role that's usually tossing to the live reporters in the field. Or the reason why those people typically look so comfortable sitting on the desk and they're the go-to people in the newsroom. And on the hierarchy, they're pretty up there in the newsroom as it relates to um, how our chain goes. It's because they've probably put in some years of being in that reporter role. Right. Where that's your news gathering. And a lot of anchors still report as well. And that's so valuable. You can't just automatically assume that you're going to be a news anchor. Or you can't just automatically go for that. It can be the goal. We all have goals. And that's great. But I got a shot at anchoring on the desk when my news director in New Bern, North Carolina saw me on a live shot as a reporter. And he said, if you can bring that presence to the anchor desk, you're an anchor. Mm-hmm. And it had always been drilled ever since college. It had been drilled in my head how many years you have to be a reporter first before you got a shot of anchoring. Mm-hmm. And everyone's experience is different. People come out of college and get on the anchor desk in a small market. But and that's not everybody. That's on everybody. And so... That's, that's one thing, too. Your journey is your journey. Like your opportunities are your opportunities. And stay in your lane and always look forward. And don't compare what you're doing and the opportunities that you have to someone else. Because I got that opportunity in my first market. And that started the trajectory of my jobs thereafter were anchor slash reporter jobs. Right. That developed into, I've never, this is the first job where I've been hired as a full-time anchor. Oh, wow. Every job was an anchor slash reporter job where I was the weekend anchor Mm -hmm. and then I was a reporter three days a week. Okay. So to make up. moving up. Yeah. And so once I got in the door, I would become a full-time anchor, but I always started as an anchor reporter. So having a wide skill set is so important. So if you are a good reporter... That's where you mail your delivery, doing live shots in the field with no teleprompter. Mm-hmm. Once you get that down, don't give me a teleprompter. I'm really going to be good, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I just want to shout out. I used to live in New Bern. 
What? Yes, oh, I lived what? there for about three years, and I actually live in Saginaw, Michigan, for a few years. Oh my gosh! Wow, so you really have a awesome. military family? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes. So, yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> These are two places I never hear someone say that they've been to or even lived, for that matter. So that is so unique. Major, major connections. Yeah. Yes. Wow. What a moment. <laughs> so, let's move on to the education portion. I know, you know, you usually go for the standard degree, bachelor's degree in something, journalism, media, or anything like that. So, mm -hmm. what was your education route and what was your experience um, through school, learning through other peers and stuff like that? Yeah, so education route for me was I went to Michigan State University and pursued a bachelor's of arts degree in journalism. And like I said, it was like the, the degree is a journalism degree. And under that, the programs are just different, right. which classes that you pick. And what I loved about that program was earlier when I mentioned people showcasing their work and just kind of starting early on their own and doing stuff outside of class and outside of what's being told mm -hmm. to you to do like for an assignment per se. These kids that I was in this program with had so much experience before they got to college. Mm. And I just felt a little bit behind, but it also was a challenge. It was encouraging too, just to see how good they were. And a lot of them went on to have amazing jobs. And so it was a place where you were inspired and encouraged by your peers. Mm -hmm. And I love that. They were, you know, getting two and three and four internships, you know? And so I just always thought that was so cool how aggressive they were. And I think I learned a lot from them. And even when I fell behind, I just did what I had to do to catch up. Okay. And yeah, and the professors were amazing. And we really um, built relationships because, you know, you're... It's not high school right you're, you're coming into an adult I and so yeah so we can we can talk and we can have you know real life conversations because we're both adults and right. so it was a very supportive program and i think that's important for any student so once you got your degree what was the hiring process like with your first experience with trying to get into news Ooh, it was rough so much so to the point where I almost gave up and decided to join Teach for America because I didn't have a job yet. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was lucky enough to secure a job before graduation. And I knew that was important for me because I knew that I didn't want to move back home. Right. <laughs> and yeah. And so I started a little bit earlier than everybody else. And it was the aggressive nature in which I hunted down the job. Mm -hmm. So when I saw the position, um, I didn't get Teach for America, by the way. So I feel like God sort of pushed me to even go harder with locking down a job. So I didn't get Teach for America. But then when I saw the news training program at um, a station in Atlanta, I said, wow, this is the perfect fit for me to sort of, you know, feel out the rest of the business and kind of fill in the gaps of what I didn't get at an internship. Mm -hmm. To be in a newsroom, getting paid very little money. Ten dollars an hour, <laughs> and yeah, living in Atlanta, so that was a struggle. I live in the outskirts, and um, did that. And what I did was, two of my girlfriends were coming to Atlanta mm -hmm. for an advertising career fair, and when I saw that position, I was like, "Well, I want to pursue this position, so I'm gonna email this lady and tell her that I'm gonna be in town." I hadn't even purchased a flight yet. Just went out on the 
a.m. went out on a limb and told her that I'd be in town. And because I knew that I could be in town mm-hmm. because my friends were going to be there. And she said, well, okay. And I think it was a little bit more appealing because she didn't have to fly me in. Mm-hmm. And I was competing with local people. And so you don't have to fly anybody in. You have students getting ready to graduate from all these universities in Georgia. You don't have to fly anyone in. But if I'm coming from Michigan, I'm going to have to bring myself there. Right. And so I told her that I was going to be in town. And she was like, great. I was like, I would love to meet with you while I'm there. These are the dates that I'll be in town. Here's my schedule, my availability. So essentially, I set up my own job interview. Nice. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to do that. Even at this stage in my career, me and my friends have done that yet again. And it's always worked. Um, because who's going to turn you down for a quick meeting or coffee if you're there? Right. You know, like, let's That'll just get it out of the way. Like... <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's just an introduction. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, it leads to more. Like in my case, I ended up getting the job. And so um, came in, met with her. And in the meeting, it turned into a job interview. I showed up like I was going to a job interview. And that's what happened. And it was me calling because it was a generic email address on there. And I called the station to get the person's name who was in charge of that position. And that's how I emailed her. Nice. So I never went into the general pool. You just stood out already because mm-hmm. you went and hustled. Yeah. It. Yeah. You have to. So now that you're at 11 Alive, what's the day in the life? So what's is it a normal routine that you go through every day or does it change up a little bit? Or? So that's the beauty about news. It's a normal routine that you go through every day. So every day we start, since I anchor the 11 p.m. news, mm-hmm. we come in at 3 o'clock. Gotcha. And so we have an editorial meeting every day where we go over the stories of the day. We pitch stories that we think would be great for our 11 p.m. newscast. And we have conversations with all the departments, with the marketing department, with the web department, with the assignment desk, which here at 11 Alive we refer to as the bridge Mm -hmm. because they sort of, you know, pull everything together. (laughs) And so uh, we have an editorial meeting and we go through all the stories. Everyone pitches stories. And then we have a senior producer, executive producer who picks which stories we're going to do for that night. And then the reporters are assigned to those stories. They go out and get their stories. A lot of them are MMJs where they are not working with a photographer. Um, We do have photographers available to go with them. Um, If it's a story that warrants having a photographer, um, yeah, and then they'll go with them. Um, We then throughout the day, everyone's out gathering their story. You're touching bases with the executive producer to say what you have, what elements you have for the story, who you interviewed and how it's going to come together. Mm-hmm. So that when it airs on TV, it's not a surprise. Right. It's, it's just smooth. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a smooth process. We come back together as a team at 8.30 to discuss um, where everyone stands with their story and sort of how the newscasts are coming together and other stories um, that we may have added or things that we may have learned about after the editorial meeting that we think should go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the anchors, we're reading the stories. We write uh, some of the stories as well for the producers. I have a, a particular segment that I produce every day. And so we're in the age where no one is doing one job anymore. It's just you got to pick from all the different skills that you have mm-hmm. and learn some on the way. Yeah, and learn some on the, along the way. And we have some of our anchors who edit who shoot their own video and just sort of do it all and I think in this age because there is a um, shift happening in the industry where you have to be multi-skilled mm-hmm. so yeah and then at 11 o'clock is showtime oh. 
I see you show love. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. So I did have a question that I wanted to ask you. Um, what do you feel about Atlanta becoming the new media hub? Do you feel that it takes away? Because I know personally, I have a bad habit of running to Twitter or Instagram for my news instead of actually watching TV because those are some of the stories that they have are something that's national and going on around the world, but I don't check to see what's locally going on. So how do you feel about, do you think that takes away from the hard work that you guys at news stations actually do to produce quality stories? So what I love about working for Live and Alive, which is owned by a company called Tegna, is that we are keeping up with the shift. Gotcha. So if you watch our show, you see that we have social media segments as part of our show. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just stick with the traditional mold because just like the statement that you made where you're getting your news from, it's changing. Right. So we have to be where the consumers are. We have to be in the conversations that you guys are having. We have to participate in the trending topics and in the biggest stories of the day, be it local and national. So if the shade room has it, you know, we need to jump in on the comments or at least know it. And it may not make the show, but at least know what's going on. Keeping up today. What's being discussed. Um, And you can't pretend like they don't have an audience. Because they do. (laughs) Because they do. You could fool yourself all day long and think that that's not a competitor for you because it is. Mm -hmm. And so you have to keep your, it's just added a new layer of what we do and how we do it. Just to make it better, get a challenge and Mm -hmm. overcome it. Yeah, for sure. So would you say, what would you say to people that are coming from different states who think, let me just pack up everything and go to Atlanta to the hot spot? What do you, like, what advice do you have for people like that? I hope your money is in order because it's, um, Back in the day when I first moved here, I was able to survive with very limited help from my parents off of that $10 an hour. But now I don't think that would be the case. So if you're going to make a bold move like that, that means you're a go-getter. And so when you get here, don't get comfortable. Don't get caught up in the life. If you have the financial means to pick up and relocate or you have an aunt, uncle or some friends that you can live with, great. But just because opportunity is here doesn't mean that everyone gets the opportunity. Right. You have to still go out and get it. You still have to work hard. It's just um, you do put yourself in a better position to uh, get more recognized or to get noticed. But you have to be ready for the moment. You have to be prepared for what you pray for. Because just because you come to Atlanta doesn't automatically mean that success is just going to fall in your lap. You still have to go get it. Yeah, you do. Because say, for example, if someone... Um, all of a sudden gave you a shot. Where's your demo reel? Where's your writing samples? Where's your, you know... You just can't come empty-handed. Yeah. Are you prepared? And let's say you don't have those things. Well, that's your first focus when you get here is obtaining the things that you know you need once you get eyes on you. And so a lot of people do it. It used to be, you know, what people did and are still doing today when they moved to L.A. And Atlanta has now become one of those types of destinations as well for people to pack up and, you know, follow a dream. And I think that's awesome. But be a doer and a dreamer. Not just one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you have any other advice that you would like to give to someone interested in joining this field? I would say internships. If it's a student, 
really focus on your internships, really focus on the programs um, at your universities that you're choosing in mentorship. You have to seek out mentors. You can't navigate it on your own or think that you know everything because a mentor is going to really steer you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's crucial too. When you get those internships, meet people. Ask, you know, at the end of the internship, is it okay if we keep in touch? If I send you my demo reel or if I send you some writing samples once I get back to school. And for me, mentorship is such a crucial relationship, but it's not what can you do for me or how can you help me. It's maintaining a healthy relationship all throughout your career. Mm. Because if I only hear from you when you want something, I'm not really going to want to do that. So it's really um, making meaningful connections and nurturing those relationships in a very balanced way. If you know that your mentor has kids, you know, ask about the kids every now and again, or send a happy birthday text to their kids when you know, you know, if their birthdays are coming up or something of the sort. Mm-hmm. It's just really, and, and that's another way of setting yourself apart because you're going to have the interns who come in the door and just, just give me, give me, give me, help me, help me, help me. Well, let's have, and maybe not everyone wants that, but for me, I know that that's taken me far is building more genuine relationships and just being an all-around hustler. If you don't get an opportunity, just know that it wasn't for you, not because someone was necessarily better Mm -hmm. or outworked you to get there. You should always walk away from a situation being able to say, maybe that just wasn't for me, but it's not because I didn't work super hard to get it. It just happens. It just happens that way. You gotta be willing to accept that, but just know if anything passes you by or if anything misses you, no, you did everything in your power and you showed up as your best self every day to get it. And you should be good. So do you have any goals as it pertains to being a news anchor and working at 11 Alive? Do you have any goals that you're trying to accomplish uh, for the rest of the year? Yeah, so we are really working on um, just really building a great show and getting more eyes on our show because it's not traditional mm-hmm. and we don't have legendary news anchor names for Atlanta like other stations have. Right. We have a pretty new team and so we have to get eyes on it to see, you know, sort of so people can find out that A, we're here, mm-hmm. B, we're doing something different, and we hope that you like it. So it's really just focusing on taking our show to the next level and getting more eyes on the show and producing um, a non-traditional newscast that people like that people gravitate to and that they keep coming back to because we're not hitting you up with all crime. It's 11 o'clock. You're getting ready to go to bed. We don't want to make you depressed. Right. <laughs> we're going to give you the news of the day, but in a different way. We're not sitting behind a desk. We're going to give you movement. It's going to be fast paced. You're going to get the news of the day uh, quickly in a way that's easy to digest. And then we're also going to tell you what was happening on social media, how it impacts your life, what are some of the conversations happening around it. So it's just like a really, a really cool vibe. And we want a new generation of news watchers as well. Mm-hmm. We don't want you only getting your news from social media, but if you happen to, we're there too. <laughs> um, but yeah, just learning how to navigate a shift when it comes to new media right. being available to so many people so fast. 
Yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah. I noticed in the shade room. <laughs> it's like something happened maybe like 30 minutes ago and it it's is already up there. It's there. You're getting it fast. And so we're not trying to be left out of dust. Gotcha. But you guys are doing very good so far. Thank you. From, from what I've seen. Thank you. So it looks like that is all the time that we have. Thanks for having me. But before you go, I have this lovely mason jar. And inside of it oh. are a whole bunch of inspirational quotes. Okay. So I want you to pick one and read it aloud just to inspire you and other people that may be listening. Oh, I love this idea. This one says, if you want to improve your life, change it. If you can't change it, then change your outlook. (laughs) And with that quote, we are done with this week's episode. So thank you guys for tuning in and catch you the next time. So before we go, I have to do the business spotlight. And you know, this is my time to highlight black excellence. So this week's shout out is going to go to Skylar Marche. She has her own brand and it's called As You Are Intimates. So if you're wanting to get some sexy lingerie, check out her Instagram page at As You Are Intimates. So her brand is all about promoting self-love and body positivity with her handmade pieces. And I just want to say that I'm so proud of her because I was there when her brand started off really small when she was customizing high-waisted shorts and I was always trying to buy a pair. So I'm just proud of you and the growth that you've made and the journey that you've taken. And I see that you're out here doing great, wonderful things. So my business spotlight is going to you, Skylar. And thank you guys for tuning in to my podcast for this week's episode. Stay tuned.